Welcome back, dear listeners, to another episode of Deep Spinach. In the next two episodes, we're examining the phenomena of animal communication. So much hype surrounds the ability to speak to our four-legged family members that have crossed over the Rainbow Bridge. We miss our beloved companions with the most significant grief. Others wish to understand their furry friends better or why they're exhibiting certain behaviors. Whatever the case, the seeming barrier between our ability to communicate with our pets confounds us. Today, however, we know there are people who have the ability to communicate with our fur babies on our behalf. These individuals, no longer wanting to be considered pet psychics, are part of the growing holistic care practice. Our ability to find closure, comfort, and understanding within the relationships we have with our pets is as nurturing and part of our mental well-being as any other preventative step we take in self-care today and the well-being of our animals. We here at Deep Spinach are so excited to bring two amazing women who have made it their life's work to bring healing and understanding to the world through their ability to communicate with the most vulnerable of our population here on Earth. Please join me on Deep Spinach as we take an in-depth look at understanding this form of communication so many of us wish we could develop. I was so lucky and thankful to our first guest on this episode For not only did she describe her experience of what it means for her to be an animal communicator, but she also gave me the gift of speaking to my Malamute, Seth, who departed in 2016. Thank you, Mariana, for bringing so much healing to me personally. I can't emphasize how gifted Mariana is and how moved I was and amazed that she, in fact, was communicating with my Seth. She picked up on things no one but Seth and I would know. Having actually experienced a reading from Mariana, I highly recommend her services. Mariana is the real deal. So gather in as we take a look into the world of animal communication with Mariana, founder of Soul Circle in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Welcome, Mariana, to our show, Deep Spinach. It's an honor to have you. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to work so closely with animals. What was your earliest indication that you had a special ability to communicate with animals? Hi, thank you for having me. My name is Mariana. I am in Colorado Springs, Colorado area. I grew up in California. I am a regular person, not a celebrity, and I don't consider it a gift or a special power. I consider it a skill. And I think that anyone can learn it. And I think actually a lot of us already do it and we don't even realize it. So that, you know, every time you get up because your dog wants a treat, how do you know your dog's not like, give me a treat? (laughs) And so their ability, (laughs) their ability to communicate with us actually is a lot stronger than we give them credit for. Right. Mm -hmm. But to your question, the earliest indication, like as a child, I was just constantly surrounded by animals. And I mean that in every sense of the word, like pigeons, seagulls, chickens, cats. Um, I had a pet rat. I've had pet turkeys. I've had pet horses. I've had pet pigs. Like literally and figuratively, I have always been surrounded by animals. Also, uh, uh, literally, or you'd find like a bird would just like land in front of me at the beach or something like that. But also I want to bring up that a lot of animal communicate, not all of them by any stretch. Um, there was, you know, a lot of us that were emotionally neglected as children. And so who are we going to talk to? Right. 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 We got to, we got to have attention. We got to have love. And so and that connection. 
Yeah. And we turned to the animals. I always had animals. I would bring them home. My mother would get rid of them. I would bring them home. My mother would get rid of them. So 20 years ago, though, I had children of my own and I had my own horses and dogs and stuff. And I called an animal communicator two different times. And then I even bought some books to learn it. But of course, like life was kind of going on at the time. I was having children. I was working. And so I didn't revive it, honestly, until about four or five years ago. And I had already started tarot. I'd already started psychic and I'd already started the mediumship. And then bam, it was kind of like the animals just kind of came marching in and they were like, remember us? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so that's more or less, it was kind of just a revived interest. Would you say that a lot of times the communication, that connection can and does come out of chaos, trauma, any, anything like that, it, it kind of spurs something inside of us? Absolutely. I find that the most of the people in this niche, for one reason or another, are either neurodivergent, they have childhood PTSD. And so you tend to tap into energy that you don't even understand you're tapping into because you don't want to make the wrong person angry, or you don't want to, you don't want the repercussions of being your own person sometimes. Now, are there people who had regular childhoods who also do this? Absolutely. I would never say that it's one or the other. I do have childhood PTSD. I have regular PTSD. I have (laughs) diagnoses, right? So I think that that is a part of it. And did you always um, have an idea of how this connection worked? What mechanism, so to speak, allowed you to access the actual ability? Maybe it is, it does come from the PTSD or it's triggered somehow. Uh, You know, since I do believe it's a skill that anyone can learn, I wouldn't want to tie it specifically into something like that. But I will say that a lot of people talk about near-death experiences or they talk about, um, you know, something huge that happened that kind of turned them around, if you will, and and opened us up. For myself, I left a 27-year like dysfunctional relationship, basically a 27-year marriage that I I left and I'd had a dysfunctional childhood. And so when I left the marriage, spirit was like, we've been holding on to this for you. (laughs) They just just kind of like, yeah, yeah, thank you. (laughs) And they just kind of came in with all these gifts. And I had had experiences and, and most of us do, right? Where we just oh, that's a coincidence. Or we talk ourselves out of the experience Mm -hmm. almost immediately. But to your question, um, understanding how the skill works is that realizing there were all energy. So when I was a child, I was a voracious bookworm. And to this day, I'm surrounded by books. It's, It's kind of ridiculous, as a matter of fact. And so I read everything. And in a unique twist, I kind of realized that all I really needed to access were the emotions and the thoughts and the opinions of the animals and almost read it like a book. Okay. Okay. At at one point I was just sitting there and like this book like opened up in my mind's eye Mm, and all these animals came out and I had already been talking to passed over people and I had already been talking to psychics. And then I remembered my own animal communication experience way back when. So when you grow up in the country, rattlesnakes are something that you kill, right? Right. So um, I was living in the country. This was years ago, by the way, before I ever started this journey. And so there was two rattlesnakes by the bus stop for the kids. And so I was like, oh, I better kill these things. Right. And so I kind of started to run them over. It was soft sand. It wasn't asphalt. It was in the country. And the snake stood up and he was like, I've never done anything to you. Why are you doing this? And this was before this was years before any of this happened. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, but you're by the bus stop. He said, well, move. I said, well, I'm so sorry. 
And I have never run over a snake again. I have never killed a snake again. And I'm actually not even afraid of snakes now. And I grew up deathly petrified of snakes. I was really turned off also by a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of animal communication people and people in this niche, they are charging a very pretty penny to talk to their animals. And then some of the people are undercharging. So you have really wonderful people that you meet along the way. And they're like, yeah, it's only $25. I'm like, okay, so you have to up your price. And then you talk to someone else and they're like, it's $350. I'm like, no, not a chance. And so I think my prices are kind of high. They're under $350, definitely. I think some of it came from a frugal standpoint because this one animal communicator said, I said, well, I have seven horses. I had seven horses at the time. I said, I want to talk to all of them oh no, this is a deep dive into one animal. I was like, okay, we're not on the same, <laughs> we're not in the same sphere here because if I pay three fifty, dollars I'm going to have, I'm going to need a foot rub and I need to talk to all my animals. You know what I mean? Right. So when I set this up, my readings are mixed readings. And I tell people, you can talk to all the animals in the house the best we can. Um, I, you can talk to your Passover animal. We, you buy my time. I'm not charging you per animal. I'm not charging you per person in the room. Um, there's a lot of capitalism to this niche. And I feel like there's a fine line between, yes, it's energy for energy. And now I'm taking advantage. And so I definitely try to be, what would I pay for? And that's where I set my prices. And then what would I expect is that I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a tight ass, <laughs> if I can <laughs> say that. And so what would I expect? And then that's where I set my stuff. Okay. Yeah. And And did you ever have a mentor who helped you develop your communication skills? So this is interesting because I had a mentor for psychic. I had a mentor. I, I'll call them instructors, actually, because, you know, you're kind of removed sometimes from the instructors. No, nobody that I've ever worked one on one with. But books have literally and figuratively been my mentor. And if I could give anyone a piece of advice, start with books, start learning through books. It's, you know, much less expensive, number one. But I, I actually didn't have anyone that was an instructor for the animal communication, but because I was doing the mediumship and because I was doing the psychic, I was learning more and more about energy. And so the more I tweaked how I was reading and I would watch others, I would watch other animal uh, communicators. And then I would think what I would do differently for a sitter's peace of mind or evidence or sometimes the messages from their animal. But I also didn't resonate with some of them because they turn the animals into humans. And we have to really remember that animals aren't humans. We are different and we're different for reasons. And so, um, uh, for example, an example is I don't feel that animals take on our illnesses for us. I think that that is um, not to take too far of a left turn, but I think that sometimes in this niche, we tend to gaslight ourselves and we tend to turn something into more than it is. I think that animals get cancer because unfortunately their food is as processed as our food. See where I'm going right. with this? Yes, yes. So sometimes there's a very realistic, normal reason that you have cancer and your animal has cancer. I don't think that they take on our illnesses. Do you think that there are times, there are instances where, let's say, a mountain lion or even a, a feral dog, where karma can be built by the animal? Do you think that they take any kind of karma on? Again, I mean, I know as humans, we do when we mistreat them. So do you think that that maybe animals, there is a karmic connection there as well? So to me, I think it's more of a soul connection. I think it's a reincarnation connection. I don't necessarily see karma in animals. And I'll tell you why. We, ha we have free will 
right? Mm -hmm. For the most part, they kind of also do, but they're at the mercy of us who have free will. So do we collect karma? We do because we can. I think that's when we start to humanize animals. We start saying, well, maybe this animal has karma to get rid of. And so I'm not a big believer in that. I have a different path. They have a different path. They have a different vibe. They have a different frequency. Um, I do think they're here for us, number one. But I don't think we can't give them what we think and what we believe and what we're going through because they're here to co-create with us. They're not here to be us. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. I'm with you. Was there ever a time, it doesn't sound like it, just speaking with you, that that you ever had any fear of this growing communication or that there was anything dangerous? I would even go further to say that talking to animals and people, passed over people, it has removed all my fear. I was a very fearful person as a child. I was a very fearful person as a married person. For 27 years, I was afraid my kids would die. Then I was afraid I would die. Then I was afraid I of abandonment. And then I was afraid of this. And then I was afraid of that. And I started on this journey and it has been better than all the traditional therapy lumped together um, that I have ever gone to. In fact, I'm not a fan of traditional therapy. Uh, any therapists out there, don't take that personally. All of this, including talking to the animals, has completely removed fear. It's removed the fear of death. It's removed the fear of being overweight. It's removed the fear of being not enough. It's removed the fear of, of dying. It's removed the fear of trying new things. It has removed my fear. I have to ask how this has removed the fear of death. Because I go on. We don't die. We don't die. Our personality goes on. Our love goes on. Our connections go on. It has been so liberating. And I can't express to you how liberating this has been. And now that I've kind of grabbed a hold of my own sovereignty, and I've grabbed a hold of my own like fate, if you will, and my future, if you will, and learned these things that some people don't believe in. Some people come to me with so much judgment. And I'm like, hey, babe, good for you. It's not me. You can't get to me. I know what I do. I know who I talk to. And I know how much there is on the other side. And for anyone out here, who uh, it misses a very particular pet. It is my opinion that you can set your intentions for that animal to be reincarnate into your life. And this is a very intentional, specific request, if it hasn't already happened, that you can basically, that you can do. Are there any warning flags that you would caution people with when searching for a pet psychic? I would. I would. Absolutely. Everybody knows exaggeration usually when they hear it, but we are so tied emotionally to what we want to believe about our animal. And we're so tied emotionally to what we want to believe about ourselves that sometimes we fall prey to exaggeration and we fall prey to a hyperbole. And so I would just caution anyone that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. There are uh, any number of wonderful animal communicators that do not charge an arm and a leg. I saw one the other day, 10 minutes for $135. And that is asinine in my opinion. I don't know if I can say asinine. Yes, you can. You can say whatever you want here. (laughs) Okay. That's ridiculous. Please do not pay someone $135 for 10 minutes. And there's a lot of people that are wonderful that are less than me. Lack of evidence. The other thing is a warning flag is when I come in, I give somebody evidence about what their animal is already experiencing, but I'll talk about how they're fed, or I'll talk about whether or not they like something, or I'll talk about 
like for example this one dog actually doesn't sleep on the bed everyone's like well all dogs sleep on the bed no this dog doesn't like to sleep on the bed and so that's evidence of how they act so if someone just goes in and says oh i'm talking to your dog you know ruby and they just start spouting off you have no idea they're talking to the dog that they say they're talking to and the reason i bring that up is because i i sit down and i put all the animals that you want to talk to on a piece of paper and some of those energies can cross over. And so if they can cross over when I'm doing it that way, I know that they can cross over for other animal communicators. And frankly, unfortunately, in this niche, whether it's psychic mediumship and or animal communication, there are just people out there that are just full of hot smoke. Lack of a website, lack of taking themselves professionally, uh, lack of reviews, considering themselves to be the end all be all of this is how it is. And, and there's no X, Y, Z. That doesn't mean that I'm, I'm the purveyor of all animal communication. Okay. So those would be my red flags. Excellent. Good things to look out for, for all our listeners. What is the most significant part of communicating with animals that you experience on a personal level that you have taken with you? Absolutely. The irony is that I cannot talk to my own animals as well as I can talk to other people's animals. And this is something that mediums uh, fall into. This is something psychics fall into. Like we try to read our own tarot cards and we're like, well, that said nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I would also say one of the most significant parts is that we are all energy. Like this is a co-creative experience. But I would also point out that I'm not just talking about animals. I'm talking about the trees. I'm talking, and and I'm not as woo-woo as most people. So when I say I'm talking about the trees, I'm talking about the fact that they clean our air for us. And here we are cutting them down. But there's a certain sense of common sense in here. We're cutting our nose off despite our face. So I would say the fact that this is a co-creative experience and take the politics out of it, take the money out of it, take the capitalism out of it. We're supposed to exist together. The animals, the trees, the weeds, the dirt. It is supposed to exist together. And I think that people lose sight of that. But I would say that learning how co-creative that this is supposed to be, I find myself talking to myself in ways I'm I'm even more empathetic, if that's possible, Mm -hmm. than I was before. Wonderful. Is there anything that you would like to leave with our listeners? I think just don't feel guilty The kind of people that come to an animal communicator are already amazing animal parents. You don't spend money on someone like me if you're not already doing everything and anything. And we tend as as humans and adults to feel a sense of guilt for something we did or did not do. I can assure you that I have not brought through one animal yet that has any sense of um, there's zero animosity. And in fact, it's very difficult because I have to ask people if the pet is alive or past because they feel the same. Mm, so they're very, okay. they're very, they're very loving in life. Don't get me wrong. Cause horses can hold a grudge and you know, they're, they're I'm not saying they don't have feelings because they, they have memory. Can. They have memory. They have memory and they know They know the difference between the last son of a gun that beat me and this person that just rescued me. They absolutely do. And they absolutely know when someone is taking care of them. So I guess if there was anything, a lot of people have to put their animals down and they feel an enormous amount of guilt about that. And I would say that guilt is not necessarily the right emotion. I would say acceptance is the right emotion because you had a chance 
to be with that pet and you had to make a decision. I've never once had a pet come through in six years that said I could have had two more weeks. Instead, Mm. they come through and they were like, you know what? You had to make a decision. And I was old, (laughs) you know, like I was a 16 year old dog. I'm good. That was a badass life. That was amazing. And they come through almost to still the people's cheerleaders, right? Right. And and just so accepting and loving. And so anyways, that's why I have to ask if they're alive or past is because they feel the same. Say that your pet is going to pass over and you would like some transition assistance. Like what would they like? What would make them comfortable? Do they know I love them? They know that you love them. But if you if you still need that as a human, then you could certainly go to an animal communicator for that. Uh, but they will give you some transition um, ideas and that, you know, one, one dog wanted to be alone. He said, please just make the room very dark, put me in my crate and um, give me all my favorite things and then turn off the light and put on some soft music and and let me go, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And that's just, but that's your basic prey animal or uh, predator. So there's prey and predator, right? And what do cats and dogs do? When they pass away, they move away from the den or they move away from the other animals so that when the predator comes, they don't get the rest of the pack, if you will. And so we have to remember that these are still animals. So when I teach my class, I do four modalities in one. I do psychic, mediumship, animal communication, and nonverbal communication. I've had uh, more than a few people ask me if I could pull the animal communication class out of my regular class and do that. So I'm going to do just a straight up animal communication class starting in July. Wonderful. Wonderful. If anyone is interested. Yeah. And we will make sure that we have that link to that class in our show notes. Mariana, this has been delightful and informative. I feel like the, our audience and myself especially has a, a better understanding of, of how you work and what you're trying to do. And thank you so much for coming on Deep Spinach. Uh, thank you for having me. By the way, your voice is so soothing. <laughs> a, I, I very much enjoy this and, and I appreciate the time. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. And this is another episode of Deep Spinach. We'll see you on the next episode. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation with animal communicator, Mary Anna. For information on her animal communication class in July or her fall course on how to become an energy reader, visit the Courses and Mentorship section on soulcircle.vip. You can find a link in this episode's show notes. You can also send email to soulcircleservices at gmail.com. As an extra bonus episode this week, we'll share an excerpt from a reading with Mariana that we think you'll really enjoy. Thanks for listening. Deep Spinach is a production of Javi Media, on the web at javimedia.net. Avi Media.